I want to start off by reading from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Let's bow our heads together. Lord God, we thank you for the celebration and the great news of your birth. We thank you, Lord Jesus, we can celebrate Christmas. We celebrate your great gift your gift to us, that you came to earth, lived a perfect life, that you may be our sacrifice, our redeemer, our savior. Thank you, Lord God, we celebrate you today. We pray, Lord, as we get into your word, as we hear from you, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, encourage us, uplift us. May we see your blessings in our life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now last year, I can't believe uh, last Christmas seems like it was such a short time ago. But last year, I don't know if you remember, I asked you if you could remember your all-time favorite Christmas gift, right? I don't know if that's still the same answer today. Any of you open any gifts this year? Yet? How many of you, your parents make you wait until after service? That's my family. Apologies, right? So I don't know if you've already opened your favorite gift or not. How many of you, I asked my daughter this yesterday, how many of you can remember the worst gift you received? Don't look at your parents yet. Pretend it wasn't from them. But I don't know if you can remember the worst gift you'd ever received. How many of you could admit you gave a pretty awful gift? Any of you? It's kind of a, a bad feeling knowing that you kind of gave probably a bad gift. It's a little disheartening when you, you gave a gift and you kind of saw that gift kind of collect dust over time. Right? It was never used or it's a bad feeling when you give a gift that kind of has like the shelf life of like strawberries. You know what I mean? I mean, you got like a, a, a nice basket of strawberries. They look so good. You got all excited and you put it in the fridge and then like in the next day, there's like mold or something like that, right? Sometimes gifts that we receive have a very short shelf life, right? Gifts don't last very long, right? They get a little bit outdated, if you will. I don't know if you've, hopefully you didn't receive a gift like this, but maybe you received a gift even this year where you looked at it and you're like, I'm never going to wear that. (laughs) I'm never going to use that. I don't even know what that is. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever, hopefully you haven't gotten a gift like that this year yet, but we've all been in that situation where we've given or received gifts that have pretty short shelf life. They don't last very long. We outgrow them, they get outdated, they expire, all those kind of things. But then there are some gifts that we get excited to open. How many of you still get excited about opening gifts? Only a few of you? Oh, that's so sad. That's so sad, right? It's kind of sad if we lose excitement over getting gifts a bit, right? I remember when I was a kid, and sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, sometimes the excitement of just opening a gift is more exciting than the gift itself. You relate to that? You're just excited to open something, and you enjoy that part more than the gift itself? I don't know about you, I remember as, as a kid, and it's kind of funny, my, my mom's here, and I don't think she'll remember this whatsoever, but when I was a kid, under my parents' bed, there was a, a Christmas-wrapped gift. And that is like torture for a kid. I don't know what time of reference this is, so I don't know if this was Christmas time or like during the year or whatever it is, but I remember... You know, I'm a very curious, I was a very curious kid, but I saw underneath their bed, there was a wrapped gift. I was like, whose is that? As a kid, you always think, well, it must be mine, right? So I remember day goes by, each day I would like poke at the gift. And I would peel a little bit of the wrapping paper just to get a peek to see what's in it. And I started with just a little piece. And then the next day, bother me, it's still there. So what I do? Ah, just a little bit more, right? I peel it a little bit more. Day goes by, day goes by. So again, I don't know if this is Christmas time or not. I think it might have been during the year. I don't know how long that gift was under that bed. But each day goes by, I'm peeling a little bit more. Until finally, I peel enough of the piece that I can see what it is. And it was a play set. I first got excited that it's a playset. But then I, as I peeled more of it, I realized, oh, that's too young for me. <laughs> I'm too old for that playset. And then I just moved on, right? To this day, I don't know whose gift that was. I don't know how long it's been under the bed. It could have been for me when I was like years younger and it was, never, it was forgotten. I don't know where it happened to it. But whatever happened to that gift... I don't know if anyone enjoyed it or not. Maybe it was donated or something, right? Gifts sometimes can have short shelf lives or can have very long shelf lives. I don't know how many of you are good gift givers. There are some great gift givers. How many of you are good gift givers? No one in this room. Okay, how many of you say you struggle to be a gift giver? A lot more. All the dads. Dads raised their hands on that one. But God's gifts never gets old. God is a great gift giver. His gifts never get outdated. We never outgrow them. And they just last year after year after year after year. Since today is Christmas and and next Sunday is a new year, I thought it would be good that we kind of reflect, spend some time to reflect on this past year.
And maybe your reflecting can extend beyond this past year. But I want us, as we go along, I challenge us to reflect on this past year and the many gifts God has given us. We may not realize how much his gifts have truly sustained us throughout this year. However good or bad year you may have had. And as we reflect, as we go in this message today, I want us to kind of realize how helpful and how needed God's gifts to us are throughout the course of our time, throughout the course of the things that we experience in life. And thankfully, these gifts don't get left behind in 2022. And they're going to carry on with us next year as well. So when are we going to take a look at these gifts? And all these gifts we're going to look at today are gifts of God's grace. It's by His grace we receive any gifts for Him. We don't deserve any of these things. Yet God gives it to us. I don't know how many of you ever you can admit you received a gift from someone that you could admit you really don't deserve to get a gift from them. You don't have to raise your hands. But how many of you experienced that? You received a gift from someone that you know, you know what? I didn't treat them very well. I was kind of mean to them. Or I didn't give them much attention, but they surprised you. Or they gave you a gift that you felt like, you know what? I really don't deserve a gift from them. I don't know you've been in that position. I don't know how many of you, you're, you're younger, and, and perhaps uh, this year you can admit that, you know what, all right, I was kind of disrespectful to my parents. <laughs> I was a little mean, or I was a little mean to my kids, or I was a little impatient from the kids, and do I really deserve a gift from mom and dad or from my kids because of how I treated them, or your friends, or your coworkers? And yet you received a gift from them. If we look back on this past year, how many times can we count that maybe we fell short in God's standards? How faithful were we to God in this past year, right? How much did we offend God? How many times did we choose someone or something else over God? Yet God is so gracious, right? He's so patient with us. He is so long-suffering towards us. And he's so generous to us. How much do we take it for granted? Right? We just assume that our parents are going to get us a gift for Christmas. Right? Any of you kids assume that? You just assume? There's a certain age where you grow past that. Right? You don't assume or you expect that. But when you're younger, you just automatically assume one of those gifts under the tree is for you from your parents. Regardless of how you treated them, regardless of how you talked to them previously, you're going to assume they're my parents, I'm going to get a gift. Right? And we can be the same way with God. Aren't you so thankful that God is so gracious towards us that even though we don't deserve to receive anything from him, it's by his grace he gives us anything. I love some of the, the, the prayers throughout, the, uh, throughout Scripture, but particularly in the Psalms. There's many prayers that, that they 
pray for God's grace. Be gracious to me, Lord. Psalm 86, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Oh, grant me your strength to your servant. Praying for God's grace is a real good habit to have. Get into the habit of praying for God's grace. Because it automatically humbles you, right? It automatically humbles you to know, you know what, God? I don't deserve anything that you've given me. But it's by your grace. It reminds us that we're so undeserving and we appeal to his kindness. God, show me your grace. Let me have your grace in my life. I love what James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Think about that. We have a God that desires to give to us. To give a good gift to us. I told my daughter, I hate shopping. I hate shopping. Any of you hate shopping? I am not a big fan of shopping. But I love giving gifts to my kids. As a father, as a parent, you love that experience of giving a gift to your children. I may not like the process of shopping, but I love giving the gifts. And it makes me think, you know what? The father loves to give to his children. God is a God of giving. He wants to give and give to us generously. What an amazing thing that is that we take for granted. So I want us to look at seven gifts that God has given us. Why seven? Because there's many other kind of gifts, but we have a short amount of time, so I just focused on seven, all right? So seven gifts that God gives to us, and he gives to us graciously that we do not deserve and the first gift we're going to look at is the gift of forgiveness the gift of forgiveness think about forgiveness is like receiving a gift useful for like cleaning like a vacuum a mop bleach washing machine now you're looking at that you're thinking about that and you're probably saying pastor mike those are horrible gifts No one wants to get a mop for Christmas. Moms don't want a vacuum, maybe. I don't know if they get excited about a washing machine. Perhaps not. Certainly don't want to get bleach for Christmas, right? Those aren't even stocking stuffers. They're not good stocking stuffers to get cleaners, right? Stain removers, not good Christmas gifts. Maybe for the gift exchange next year. White elephant gift. You can get some, like, you know, you see those magic erasers? You know what those things are? The cleaning and magic races, those work miracles. Those are amazing Christmas gifts. Not really, right? But why do I say Christmas gifts or forgiveness is like cleaning gifts? No one wants those. But what do they do? They get rid of all the dirt. Maybe the clutter. Think about yourselves this past year. How often throughout the year can we admit, man, we messed up? 
we made some pretty bad choices. Or maybe you've neglected to ask for forgiveness for certain things. And it's kind of piled up and piled up and piled up. Right? When you're messy, when you're dirty, if you don't clean it right away, what ends up happening? It just gets messier. It just gets dirtier. Your, your mess grows. It becomes a pile, right? You put one paper, you leave it on the table. The next day, what do you do? You put another piece of paper down, and next thing you know, you got a bunch of junk. Cleaning is important, right? And forgiveness is important. Forgiveness is like that cleaning agent that gets rid of that sense of dirtiness, of the things that we have done. And if we neglect asking for forgiveness, you know what ends up happening? We just add and add and add. And what sin does in our life, we feel it, right? We feel it. And if we just ignore it, it just gets messier and messier and messier. But forgiveness is like a cleaning agent. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all all unrighteousness. God's forgiveness, God's desire, his gift to us is to clean us, to make us feel clean, to not be weighted down by our sin, by the choices that we made. How often throughout our year do we just kind of go on day by day by day And the choices that we make accumulate, accumulate, and accumulate. And we get weighed down by it. We know it, and it bothers our hearts. Look what Colossians says, 2, 13 to 14. And when you are dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, and which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I don't know how many of you are in debt in some sort. Can you imagine the feeling that you were hundreds and thousands of dollars in debt? And someone took that debt and nailed it and said, It's cleared, it's forgiven. What an amazing feeling. Will you be so free? No more student loans. No more mortgage payments. No more credit card debt. What a feeling that would be. And God's forgiveness says, I will wipe it clean. How many times this year we go day by day buried and burdened by our sin and we don't take advantage of the gift of forgiveness. I want to encourage you, if you put it off and you put it off, Go before the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me of the decisions that I made that I know was not right. Allow him to clean your heart and your mind. But with forgiveness of sins, we can have another gift. And that is the gift of hope, salvation, and eternal life. The gift of the hope of salvation, eternal life, is kind of like receiving a paid vacation as a gift. Now, that would be a, some kind of Christmas gift, right? If for Christmas, you got a paid trip or vacation. How many of you would take that one, right? 
That'd be kind of a nice gift. When Jamie and I got married, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. So it made us think of our wedding. When we were getting married, we were gifted. Now, when we got married, we were young, poor, and in love, right? That was kind of our thing. We were young, we were poor, and we were in love, right? So we couldn't afford a whole lot. But we had some friends who paid and gifted us a honeymoon stay at the Hotel Del Coronado, a very nice hotel in San Diego, and a stay in Santa Barbara. And that was our honeymoon time. We couldn't afford a honeymoon, right? For all we knew, our honeymoon dinner that night was going to be at the, the Albert Tacos that was right next to our apartment, right? And that we were going to have some good beef tacos or taquitos or something. But we were gifted this stay. What a blessing it was. We were like, we're so excited. We could look forward to having a stay, a little vacation time. And we had a reservation. And that reservation said we had a room, we had a stay there. That was ours to look forward to. And then when I think about the hope of salvation and eternal life, now this is a very simplistic analogy, okay? So it's a very simple analogy. But it reminds us, that we have a hope, an eternal hope that's reserved for us. When you have a reservation, you have a spot, a ticket on the bus or a ticket on the plane or a ticket on the boat. You have a stay that's reserved for you. How many of you, throughout this year, got so bogged down with life It was so stressful. And you felt like, man, there is no end to the stress and the worry. See, when you live for this life on earth, life can be pretty stressful, right? Pretty hectic. And if you watch the news, it can be downright depressing. You look at it. Inflation, the cost of living is going up, especially here in California. Crime is going up. The decay of morality is rapidly moving the other direction, the wrong direction. All these things are happening. Health is a major concern. Mental health is a, is a, a global crisis by people of all ages. And we could get so bogged down by all these things. And throughout this, time, throughout this year, there are moments times alone where I would get so stressed by all that's going on and I would have a thought, Lord, come quickly. Come soon. We need you to come back again to establish your kingdom. Bring eternity because, you know, I don't know how much longer we can go. But there's a great hope that we have. Psalm 85. I love this. Show us your loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God, what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear, who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land." I love that the Lord is a God of salvation. 
that he wants to give us salvation. He sees us in our despair. He sees us in our afflictions. And he wants to save us. For those who fear the Lord, he is a God of salvation. For those who fear the Lord, he is a God of hope. But for those who don't fear the Lord, he is a God of judgment. Right? I love what Romans 6 says. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive from your benefit, resulting in sanctification, and the outcome, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Titus chapter 3, it says, He saved us not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I don't know if we really appreciate this on a daily basis that we have a hope of eternal life that he considers us those who are in christ that we have given our faith in him that we are heirs of his blessing that we will inherit his blessings for eternity when you stop to think about that sometimes the the stress in this world in the moments Lessen a little bit. We realize, you know what? This is all just for a time and a season. But God's gift of eternal life extends far beyond that. We have a hope that goes beyond tomorrow. So whenever I get discouraged, I think of God. Thank you for your hope. Your eternal hope salvation that this is not my permanent home this is all temporary but you have blessings that extend far beyond far greater than we could ever have on earth the third gift the gift of the presence of the holy spirit now the gift of the holy spirit i say it's like those multi-purpose gifts that we get right those the ones that have multi-purposes or they're like educational tools or they're like soothing, relaxing creams. I don't know if you get any relaxing creams that you need relaxation, right? You, whatever it may be. Or like a nice pillow. Or maybe some lights. Or so much more. All rolled into one. The gift of the Spirit is so multifaceted. The presence of the Spirit of God dwelling in us is perhaps the most underutilized an appreciated gift that we receive from God. John says in John chapter 14, Jesus saying, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and, and will be in you. How often in this past year did you feel helpless, hopeless, useless? How often this year did you feel alone, 
or afraid, stressed, depressed, lost, and confused, right? How often do we experience those things? How often do we go to the Holy Spirit and say, can you help me in these moments when I'm feeling these things? Jesus goes on to say, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. No matter the situation that you went through, no matter the feelings the mood you are in, that we find ourselves experiencing. The presence of the Holy Spirit is relevant and dynamic in that moment. The presence of God, the gift of His Spirit to us, is there with us in all those moments. How many times do you experience joy this year? Laughter, excitement, fulfillment, relief. And how many times did we neglect to thank the Lord in those moments? To allow the Holy Spirit to really encourage us and and fellowship with God in those joyful moments also. See, we, we forget that the Spirit of God is with us in those moments, in those times with us, to be there to help guide us, to comfort us to help us, to teach us, to strengthen us. Through the Holy Spirit, we have other gifts. The fourth gift that we're going to talk about, the gift of prayer. Now, the gift of prayer is like receiving the gift of a new cell phone. Let me get a new cell phone this year for Christmas. Anybody? And you gift yourself a new phone? None of you. Okay. All right. Maybe you haven't found it yet. Maybe it's in the box. I don't know. But it's like the gift of prayer is like a gift of a cell phone, right? We have a direct line to God. And we can communicate to God in many different ways. Now, I'm old enough to remember the days when we had home phones. Any of you still have a home phone number? Some of you, okay. It used to be we're exchanging home numbers, right? If you're calling somebody, you're calling from your home phone. I'm old enough to remember busy signals, right? When you call somebody, you get a busy signal. I remember I'm old enough to remember, remember when call waiting first came out? I know this is going to age some of us. But when call waiting came out, that was just like amazing technology. If you paid for call waiting, that means when you're on the phone, You'll get a beep and someone else is calling you. You can switch over to that call. Some of you are like, what's the big deal? That was revolutionary for us. So we would be able to hit a button and it would switch to another call. And then we can switch back. I remember the days when you would mess up. Have you ever messed up? You thought you switched over. Like you're, you're talking to your friend and like a parent calls you switch to your parent, and you try to switch back. You're like, oh, that was just my parent. And that was actually your parent. You never switched back, right? You got in trouble for that part, right? I remember the days when you had to pay for a pay phone. You had to bring coins and change. I remember when you had to mail 
mailing and writing letters was your means of communicating to people. We take for granted that we have a direct line to God. You don't need a pastor or a priest to pray to the Lord. You don't need to come to church to pray. You can pray humbly on your knees at home, or you can pray in your car when you're alone or with somebody else. But you have a direct line to God. Can you imagine if God had call waiting or God had busy signals? That's not that way with God. And how many times throughout this year we neglected the direct line to God? But God has given us a gift. I love what he says in Jeremiah, a very familiar verse. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all my heart. And this is to unfaithful Israel. But even to unfaithful Israel, God was extending his hand and say, come and seek me with all your heart. Come and pray and ask of me. And I will listen to you. And so many times we're so bogged down with the forgiveness part. We haven't seek forgiveness that we don't pray to God either. First Thessalonians, Paul reminds us, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. When Paul says this, he's saying to us, rejoice always and rejoice with him. Rejoice with God. When you have something to rejoice, involvement with God, thank you for this. Don't stop praying to him because you have a direct line. This is the fifth gift we'll look at, the gift of sanctification. The gift of sanctification is like receiving new clothes, right? Or perhaps um, a, a salon gift card or, or to have a makeover or fitness equipment or gym membership or any of those kind of things. How many of you received any of those things this year? New clothes? Exercise equipment? How many of you like have mixed feelings about getting an exercise equipment for, right? It's kind of like, all right, I know what you're saying, right? I know I need to exercise, right? But it's like the gift of sanctification, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, new things have come. Those who are in Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit abiding in them. They are able to put on the new self, the new person. We don't have to be the old person, the old ways. When you have a change of clothes, right? When you change clothes, don't you kind of take on that style of clothes? Like when you want to be comfy and cozy at home, you put on what? Your most comfortable clothes, right? When you go out to a formal party or dinner, you want to feel fancy or formal. What do you do? You put on a tie. Maybe you put on a nice dress. When you go out to play sports, you're going to put on athletic gear. And see, what God has done is allowed us to be renewed. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. That word renewed, 
means to be made new, to be changed, a new kind of life as opposed to the old ways. God's gift to us is that I can change you. I will mold you and shape you day by day. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 4, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. That word to put on is like putting on new clothes. God says, I will allow you to put on the new self just like you put on a change of clothes. How many of you this year, at times this year, you wish you were just different? that you are a better Christian, quote-unquote. God says, I'm changing you and renewing you day by day. Like if you were to go to a gym day, every day, you would probably see some change. That's what, I, that's what I hear, at least that's what people tell me. But God is molding us and shaping us day by day. Sixth gift, The gift of community. Now, the gift of community of believers is like a comfortable pair of shoes, a warm blanket, wireless earbuds you can share with somebody, right? If you're listening to music, you can share that. Or maybe a Peloton treadmill that helps kick your butt into shape. That's what I hear, at least, right? We all need help. We all need community. And how many, you don't have to raise your hands, but some of us, sometimes we prefer being alone, right? Sometimes we like alone time. But none of us were meant to be alone. Hebrews 10, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking your own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. How often did we need community this year? How many of us benefited from having community here at church? God gave us this gift of community that we come together as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that we can encourage each other, comfort each other, be there, be supportive to each other. Just like, you know, those comfortable shoes and warm blankets, sometimes we need comfort. We need help. We need somebody to come alongside us and be there with us. And some of us need, just like that Peloton bike, right? Supposedly there's like a video, right? And there's like an instructor there to encourage you or to kick your butt into shape, Right? Some of us need that as well. Some of us need a nice big kick in the rear just to get us going. But we need that community. And that's what God has called us to do as a church, as a body of Christ, to be that community together. And many times we've neglected that or maybe we take for granted Some of us, we can invest so much into relationships that are unhealthy. And we neglect the people in our life that could truly be edifying. I don't know if you think about this past year, 
Maybe you invested so much in certain relationships that were really unhealthy. And yet there were people in your life that who could truly be edifying to you, to encourage you, encourage your faith, and you've neglected them. Yet you've tried so hard with people who are unhealthy in your life. But God has given us a community of brothers and sisters in Christ that we can be edifying to each other. The last gift I will say is this, the gift of love. Now, the gift of love is like receiving the gift of, like, lessons. I don't know if you ever received lessons, maybe dance lessons or cooking lessons or uh, skydiving or um, learning an instrument or something like that. God's love is a love that keeps on giving. When you get lessons, it's teaching you how to do something. And hopefully, you can teach somebody else how to do that thing, right? 1 John 4, If this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 419, we love because he first loved us. God's love is a gift we receive. But his gift is a gift that not only do we just take for ourselves, but we pass on to others. As, we have, as God has extended his love towards us, we ought to share and express that same love to others, to teach others. It's not just for us, it's for, for somebody else. And I want us to kind of remember that throughout this year, how many times you experienced God's love in your life? How many times did you experience God's love in those moments that you had this year? Did you express and share that love to somebody else? Did you extend it to somebody else? That same patience that you receive from God, did you share that same patience with somebody else? The kindness you, you received from God, did you share that with somebody else? That's the gift that God gives us, a gift that keeps giving to somebody else. God's gifts are amazing. His gifts don't expire. We don't outgrow them but they, come, they go with us through the following year. They extend to us the rest of our life and into eternity. And I want to encourage us, whatever gifts and whatever things that you experience throughout this year, spend some time in reflection. Say, God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the hope of salvation that you've given me that there's a hope that goes beyond all the burdens in this life. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that is with me, dwelling in me in my times of struggle or my times of joy. You are there with me. Thank you for the gift of prayer that I can speak to you, that you want to hear me, that I don't have to go to a church to pray to you. 
Thank you for the gift of sanctification that you want to help me be better, to be changed and transformed, that I don't have to be the old self anymore, that I could put on new clothes. Thank you for the gift of community. The community of believers that can be there for me to help me, to edify me and encourage me and that I can encourage somebody else. Thank you for the gift of your love that you gave to me and that I can give to somebody else. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord God, I thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God. You're a giving God. You're a generous God. You're a God of forgiveness, a God of love, a God of hope. You're a God of community. You call us into relationships. You're a God that wants to hear from us and you want to speak to us. Thank you that you're a God of love and grace. And Lord, we pray as we come into a new year, as our 22 is is concluding, Lord, may we think upon the gifts that you've given us and may we praise you and thank you. Pray all these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship together.